Gordon Monson and Jake Scott, presented by Big O Tires. Stop by your locally owned Big O Tires for no credit needed financing and the best prices on winter tires. Big O Tires, the team you trust. This is 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Big Show, Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Thank you very much for making us part of your day. We are live at The Warehouse, 1825 South, 300 West here in Salt Lake. Price is so low to blow your mind. Don't forget about their Orem location as well, 86 East University Parkway. We're going to talk to Howard Beck uh, coming up here momentarily. want to remind you of the Jazz take on uh, the Bucks in Milwaukee tonight. That game will tip at 6. Pre-game coverage begins uh, a little less than an hour from now at 5 o'clock. Tim Lacombe is going gonna, is gonna to jump on with me. What are you going to do with your, your extra hour of your Friday, Gordon? Good question. Maybe I'll read that book, part of your, that book you gave me for Christmas. Yeah, hey, I, I'm glad you're liking that, man. That's a, that's a, uh, that's a good book. Yeah, I'm, I'm about 200 pages in, so, I mean, I, I'm – I'm getting a flavor of what's going on there. Oh, you're you're pounding through it pretty good. You were at 100 like a day or two ago. So you're, yeah, yesterday you're I was progress. 150. I read 50 pages last night, so, or they're nice. about. I don't know. I didn't count, but anyway, yeah. Thanks. I'm, I'm enjoying it. Good book. There's few. You know, I was thinking about this. Uh, how what a good uh, gift a good book is. You know? Oh, I couldn't agree Cause, more. Because it stirs the mind, and I know you've given me books before. You know, I usually give you things that are, are useless and you just throw away. Uh, but uh, a book is a real gift because it it, it gives uh, all kinds of uh, room for thought. And uh, this is a historical account. It's it, I guess it's a novel, but it's based on, at least loosely, on things that actually took place in history. So, yeah, I'm really enjoying it. Austin nice. has started it, too, because he got the same book and he's been enjoying it, I think. Austin, haven't you? Austin is is might be working behind the scenes. We're trying oh, to get okay. to Howard right. dialed up, so he might be oh, uh, a little right. bit distracted. But there are there are a few things there are a few things I certainly enjoy more than uh, than a good book. All right, yeah. let's get to the man, the myth, the legend. Austin, hit it. It's time for your NBA fix. This is the Big Show Daily Assist, featuring all the latest news and insight on the association. Now joining the Big Show. Senior NBA writer for Sports Illustrated, Howard Beck, on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. He joins us every Friday. He is the one and only Howard Beck. Howard, what's going on? Happy Friday. Gentlemen, how are you? Hey, we are uh, we are doing terrific. We're uh, we've got a big jazz game coming up tonight uh, on the station at the in fact tips off around uh, six o'clock. The Jazz and and the Bucks and Howard, give us uh, give us your take on the Milwaukee Bucks. What we've seen uh, so far, they haven't necessarily been invincible, but uh, they've they've certainly played well. Yeah, I mean, I, I feel like. Um... Like with everybody, I mean, every team is going going through some weird kind of like just wild swings right now. And I just feel like 
you know, no one should put too much stock in anything for the first month. And like you could say that in most seasons or a lot of seasons that, ah, you know, they give it some time. But this year more than ever, just because of all the obvious, the quick turnaround, the short training camp, the lack of much of a preseason. Um, and so, you know, the Bucks go out there and get spanked by the Knicks, who, you know, look, to the Knicks' credit, have actually been pretty good overall, but still not – not 20 points better than the Bucks. good. Um, and certainly those two teams are going to finish very far apart in the standings ultimately. So, you know, the Bucks have a few of those early kind of stumbles, but, you know, they, you know they've won three in a row by beating up, um, you know, lesser teams, Bulls and, and Pistons a couple of times, uh, split with the Heat in there as well. And they're looking to me like the Bucks, Like they're looking like the team works we expect them to be. The, you know, it, it is still the, the – um, the core from the last couple of years that's been a top tier team and they're working drew holiday in and they're they're you know kind of adapting a little bit as they go um and you know i i feel like the um i I feel like the bucks you know while while they're certainly not um far and away the best team in the east they are, I think, very likely to finish with the best regular season record again. They're, they're, that's their profile, and I think that that's where, where they'll ultimately be. Howard, Jake asked a, a pretty intriguing question earlier in the show, and I wanted to get your thought on it. We were talking about Giannis and the progress he made from the time he first came to the league, and Jake wondered if he could ever become a really proficient perimeter shooter and we thought if he ever accomplished that he may be completely unstoppable would you agree and do you think it's even considerable really that he could do that look anything's possible like jason kidd uh, people don't remember this because it's ancient history now but um but you guys are old enough to, to remember this there was a point in time when jason kidd people joked he was asin because he had no J. yeah and then he ended up finishing his career as one of the better, at least by percentage, three-point shooters in, in NBA history. Um, but he developed that pretty late in his career. And you see it. DeMar DeRozan is all of a sudden shooting a lot more threes, and he's always been a guy who was a really reluctant three-point shooter and not a very good one. Um, and he's, he's not shooting a ton, but he's shooting a better percentage. And so, like, guys sometimes, you know, mid-career to late career will – finally add something and especially if it was a guy who didn't have much of a jump shot and especially if it was a guy who didn't need much of a jump shot which is you know the case with Giannis where he's so great at at getting to the rack that you know it's it's not been vital to his um to his success that said yeah if he gets a really reliable three-point shot now suddenly he he truly is unstoppable and he's already been a two-time MVP without it um I'm not in the camp of people who says, well, he's been a two-time MVP without it, therefore he doesn't need it. No, like this is a three-point era, and that shot's always going to be really important, especially if you're a ball handler because you give teams uh, too much and defenses too much latitude to kind of sag off of you if you, uh, if you can't make them pay with the three. And it's just, you know, look, every, every other weapon you have in the arsenal it just makes you that much better obviously. So um, he's had his moments where it's looked good or better. Right now he's shooting 25% from three, but he's taking a career high in in threes a game. Um, You could spin that either way. I tend to think that especially in this era, being willing to shoot so that defenses at least have to pay attention um, and and guard you somewhat at the arc 
I think is is still overall a plus, even if you're not hitting at a great rate. So, um, you know, he's he to to me, um, Giannis is doing this the right way. Like he he, he has he he he's showing you that he wants to keep improving, and that's where I would fault like a like a Ben Simmons who it's like I can't tell. Do you just are you afraid of taking this shot? Do you not care? Do you think it's not important? Like it, it's just it's hard to understand like why anybody, especially a point guard in this era, would would just eschew that shot entirely. Howard, the the Jazz under Quinn Snyder and specifically the the past few years have gotten off to slow starts and and I think we come up or we try to come up with theories every single year as as to why maybe they start a little slower than than we would expect the Jazz are, are four uh, four and four have had a couple of losses in a row and appear to be off to a, at least somewhat of a sluggish start again do you have any theories maybe as to why that happens to teams I don't I mean look in any given season you know, some teams, if they've added a bunch of guys or it's a new coach and so they're installing, a, you know, a new system, they're, you know, or um, key players come back off of injury, so they're being worked in a little slowly or they're playing full minutes, but they're just limited and not quite themselves yet. Like, there's any given year you're going to find those situations arise, but why a team, and in this case the Jazz, would year after year have slow starts but then, like, kick it into high gear midseason, I, I there's no real explanation for that. It, it's not that it, no one's doing that intentionally. <laughs> um, it, it's, it, 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 there's a, sometimes these things just are, are coincidental, but Portland's been funny that way several years where the Blazers every year would be like, you know, early in the season, they'll be on fire offensively, but their defense will suck. And everybody will wonder if they're ever going to be able to defend at a high enough level. And then suddenly like mid season, the Blazers will start to defend and they'll, they'll finish a lot stronger than they started. That's happened at least a couple of times I can think of. I can't remember which years. Um, but it happens in this league. So, you know, look, the thing with the Jazz is, and, and you know, you guys know that this is generally my philosophy on these things. If you're an established team, I'm not worried about you getting off to a slow start. We know what the Jazz, you know, we know who they are. We know what they're capable of. They brought back, you know, whatever, 90-something percent of their core. There's no reason to think that uh, this, this start is indicative of, of some larger problem. So, Howard, at this point, nothing is set in stone, obviously. We'll have to sit back and watch for a while before we draw too many conclusions. But there are two teams, one in each conference, that are having some fun right now, and that fun is spelled with a P-H. You see what I did there, Howard? You can kill me for that. Philadelphia (laughs) and Phoenix. Are you a believer in either one of those teams? Yeah, it's it's funny because those are different standards, right? Uh, Believer in Phoenix – um, means, you know, are, are they really uh, not just a, a playoff team for the first time in forever, but a high-level playoff team? And right now, you know, sitting in first in, in the West, which is a shocking sight. In Philly's case, it's more just a matter of are they finally making the leap that we thought they would for the last several years? I mean, and, and they've, listen, they've hovered in that range before. Um, the Sixers, you know, had what we thought was a breakthrough a couple of years back. Then they backslid a little bit. They've had injuries. They had kind of a bad-fitting lineup last year with Horford and uh, Josh Richardson, but Daryl Morey comes in as the new GM and and fixes that. He ships both of those guys out for shooters, for Danny Green and and Seth Curry. So they're they're a better constructed team than they were before. They're healthy. Embiid looks really good. And, like, I don't think anything that they're doing is – 
some great shock. It's nothing that, sh- that, that, that should have been beyond them. We always knew that the Sixers had the talent. They had the two stars, the two top 15-type players. And then it was just a matter of, like, would those guys uh, be able to bring the best out of each other, and did they have the right pieces around them? And this team has been best in this, in, in this era when they've had great shooting around those two, and they're back to that. In the case of the Suns, I think everybody universally agreed, anybody watching this league, that they were prepared to make the leap from lottery to playoffs, but probably the back end of the playoffs. Not necessarily a play-in team, play-in tournament team, but you know it could be the seventh or eighth best team in, in the West. And given how strong the West has been, I, didn't, I wouldn't have thought they would get much beyond that necessarily in year one with Chris Paul. But the combination of Chris Paul and his influence, I think Monty Williams' coaching and his leadership, the, um, you know, Devin Booker was already a great young player. Um, the strides made by Cam Johnson and Mikhail Bridges, um, you know, Aiton, the numbers aren't there, but he's been steady. I, it just, it, this feels like one of those times when it's, everything just falls into place at the exact right time. And we all knew that Chris Paul would have an impact on this team the same way he did with Oklahoma last year. So, um, are they going to finish in the top four in the West? If you had asked me that in mid-December, I would have thought that's, that's, that's getting too yeah, – that's over-exuberant. They're not, they can't make that big of a leap this quickly. But I'm now starting to think that they could be the fourth team in the West because I, I think when all is said and done, the two L.A. teams in Denver are still going to be the top three in the West. I know the Nuggets have gotten off to a sluggish start. I still think it's the L.A. teams in Denver. And I think fourth place is up for grabs. I think Utah – Portland, uh, Dallas, Phoenix, I think they're all in the mix there to be Houston. If they, Who knows what, what's going to happen with Houston. But if Harden sticks around and they get it together, um, there's a bunch of teams that could be the fourth-best team in the West, and, and none of them have a, a, an airtight case for it. I, I think Phoenix is right in there, and they, they, they could. They could make the leap from perennial lottery team to home court advantage in the first round. It's, it's possible. Howard Beck is with us. Uh, Howard, Gordon and I uh, brought up your your um, column the other day in Sports Illustrated with James Harden, and I thought it was just a, a terrific juxtaposition to Ray Allen and what he went through when he joined the Celtics and had to give up a little bit to uh, you know form a championship-level team, and I thought his insights into that were great. And you talked to some, some executives about whether or not, that not they thought James Harden would be willing to do that, and I, I thought it was great, but I'm curious, what is your opinion? Do you think that James would be willing to do that given the right circumstance? It's really hard to know. And, you know, like it, it's, it's funny because, you know, I'm putting executives on the spot when I'm asking them, hey, what do you think based on what we know of him? And yet when the question is turned back on me by you, I think, well, I can't mind read James Harden, but I just asked a bunch <laughs> of other people to mind read him, so it's only fair. Um, you know, I, you never know when a guy might decide to shift his priorities. And you know, so Ray Allen, Paul Pierce, and Kevin Garnett come together in 2007. At that time, you know, Garnett had been a, a big numbers guy, but kind of a reluctant numbers guy in, in Minnesota. He never, he never was a guy who was like, it's got to be about me. I've got to get all my shots and my touches. He, that, that's not the way he was wired. And he is such a great defensive linchpin as well. So he was almost the easy fit. But Ray Allen had been the centerpiece of the, of the Sonics and a centerpiece of the Bucks before that. Paul Pierce had been regarded as kind of like a numbers guy and, and, and even probably tagged as, as a selfish guy for the first half of his career. 
So for those two who were primary ball handlers, you know, like, like they weren't point guards, but they both had the ball in their hands a lot with their teams. For Ray Allen and Paul Pierce at that time, I don't think a lot of people, if you had asked them months before, hey, are these guys willing to sacrifice? I'm not sure how many people would have said Paul Pierce would, and maybe not even Ray Allen. And, and they did. They figured it out. And those guys took huge steps back in terms of usage rate and shots per game to, to make it work. And it worked famously, of course. They had a dominant season. They win a championship. We look at all those guys completely differently now than, than we would have if they hadn't. And um, so for James Harden, I, I, is he capable of, of making that same turn at age 31? I, like, I'd like to believe that, that he is. Um, but we have seen guys in this league, and I cited some of them in the story, like, you know, Allen Iverson was never going to change. He had to be Iverson. He wasn't going to be a sixth man. He wasn't going to be a complimentary player. Whatever team he was on, it was going to be about him as the number one option. That's the way he was wired. And Harden, I kind of get that feeling. The counterpoint to it is that he was sixth man of the year his last year in Oklahoma when the when the Thunder made the finals with him and, and Westbrook and Durant. But at that time, one, he was playing with two other superstars, and, and two, he'd never been the sole focus before. It's hard to go backward. It's one thing to be sixth man when you've never been – a, an everyday starter, which he hadn't at that point, and when you haven't had a team designed around you in the NBA. But he's now enjoyed that for eight years running as the centerpiece of the Rockets. I, I just don't know um, if he's willing to take a step back. And, you know, look, it depends on where he lands and, and who his teammates are. Um, if he's going to be with other high-usage guys, if it was with Durant and Kyrie Irving in Brooklyn, I, I don't think that that's a great recipe. If it's him with Embiid, you know, as long as he feeds Embiid a little bit more than he fed Dwight Howard when he had him, then they'll probably be fine. But I, I, wherever he lands, if, if the goal is to win a championship, I, I, my opinion is that it, it can't get done if he's going to insist on, on playing the same way he has for the last, you know, especially four to five years where he is incredibly ball dominant. Um, I, I think that basketball is best when, you know, the wealth gets spread a little more, your teammates feel more engaged, and happier about their role, um, like that stuff matters. And you know, it it you know, I've, I've had some pushback from Rockets fans or Harden fans who say, well, it's not his fault that you know, they have one of the best offenses in the league. It's not his fault they didn't make the the, the finals or, or win a championship. The Warriors were in their way. All these things, and and all there's truth to all of that. But I also think that to the extent that James Harden has sometimes been really bad at really important moments in the postseason. And the question is always, is he gassed? Is, is, did he just have too, big of, a, too, too carry, uh, big of a burden to carry all season and he just ran out of gas? Is it because defenses were really able to focus on him more? Well, those are quest- questions that all will lead back to the same thing, which is, well, if he did a little less and if the, if the offense were more about more guys being involved, then he's not going to be as burned out and you're not as predictable and maybe you would have broken through. Um, so I, I think it's the right question. I, I, I think that wherever he lands, to me, that's still what it's going to come down to. What is he willing to do? Howard, I don't know if there's a definitive answer to this question, but and we've talked about it this week, but let me throw it at you to have the final word, and we'll believe whatever you tell us, okay? If that's I, way too big it, of a responsibility. <laughs> <laughs> now, that's, a, that's the regard, the high regard in which we hold you. But if and maybe there is no right answer, but if you were the general manager of a team and you were able to fashion it according to your 
uh, best hopes for winning. And you could only choose one of the two. Or you, the, the question comes down to this. Would you rather have the best, the number one rated offensive team in the league or the number one rated defensive team? And I, what sparked this in me is I was looking at the Washington Wizards, who the Jazz are going to play coming up. But they average, they have the second highest average of points scored per game at 120.8, but they're giving up 122.9. Uh, which, which do you think? Which do you think is more important? Well, I mean, obviously you have to have a balance. You know, you need some of both if you're going to win a championship or if you're going to be a, a deep playoff team. Um, but I sometimes think about this at the offensive level uh, or at the the, the, um, the individual player level. So think of it this way, because people say, well, defense is half the game. And I say, is it? Because if you had a, uh, a you know, like who's the best defensive player you can think of? Like in your, you know, you're, you guys are in the market with Rudy Gobert. So that, like, that's where your, your mind's going to go first. Um, but if you had, if I had to start a team tomorrow and I can only take one of your two best players, your offensive engine or your defensive linchpin, I'm going with Donovan Mitchell. That's not an insult to Rudy Gobert, but I just think that in this league, if you, if you look at it, um, you, you, like if you form a team of, of all offensive players, you've got a bet, better chance of, of winning games, maybe not a deep playoff run, but a better chance of winning games than if you have a team full of like Tony Allens. You know, like you can't, like you have to score in this league. If you, yeah. you need guys with a skill set. You need guys who can break down a defense and guys who can make an open shot and guys who can make deep threes and guys who can get to the rack. And so at an individual level, uh, I think if I had a team of all offensive players and I could scheme it well enough and get them to buy in, I'll get them to play passable defense. Like the biggest misnomer about the Mike D'Antoni era Phoenix Suns was that they were a terrible, terrible defensive team. Well, we didn't have – offensive and defensive efficiency uh, per possession adjusted rate uh, stats back then. But if you look at it now with the adjusted stats, with the, the accounting for possession and, and pace, because they were a really high-paced team, they were actually middle of the pack most of those years. So they were superb offensively and middle of the pack defensively. They made the conference finals twice, averaged 58 wins over a four-year run. And if not for coming up against another historic team in the Spurs and – a couple of suspensions and Joe Johnson's broken face one year, the Suns might've made the finals. And that was a team that was perceived as being all offense, no D as it turned out, they were really great offensively and they were middle of the pack defensively. And I think you've got a much better chance of, of winning that way than if you were elite defensively, but had nobody who could make a shot. Howard, you were the best. Thank you so much. Enjoy your weekend of basketball. Appreciate it, fellas. Talk to you next week. See you, Howard. That's our friend Howard Beck from Sports Illustrated. And, uh, Gordon, we did bring up his his uh, column about James Harden the other day, and it's really good. We'd definitely yeah. uh, recommend that to our listeners. Check it out. Check I it thought out. He, he did an interesting look on a question that you and I have been asking, uh, well, certainly since he requested to be traded, is is he would he be willing to adapt if he goes to a team that has more mouths to feed, so to speak? I don't think we're the only ones asking the question, Jake. I bet there's a whole lot of GMs out there wondering the same thing. And the the executives he talked to were skeptical. 
So, yeah. uh, you know, that's that, that's going to matter if a team wants to make a move for him. There's no doubt. All right, big thanks to Howard for jumping on with us. We'll get more coming up next. We're live today at the warehouse, the Salt Lake location, 1825 South, 300 West. Don't forget about their Orem location as well, 86 East University Parkway. But Clayton joins us once again. Tom is off uh, hanging out with the grandkids today, so Clayton's uh, uh, discounting the whole store. Talking about good offense and a good defense, I think the best defense is a good offense. There you go. So to combat what my dad said, I was thinking about, geez, he put me on the spot. What he did. I, what am I going to do now? So we've talked about this this deal um, and this piece of furniture we sell a lot, and I kind of take pride in it because it shares my name. Aha, uh-huh. I know the where Clayton you're going. The Clayton section. That's right. And I always say, you know, I always say that it's called the Clayton Sectional because I was the firstborn son. That's why we named it. But really, it's a local company here in Utah that just happened to have that name as well. So um, we love supporting local businesses. As yep. you know, we're a ma-pa shop. It's my dad, basically me and my little brother here. And so family business, supporting another family business. This sectional is cool because it comes standard um, 9 feet by 10 feet. But let's say you do some measurements at home. You need a little bit bigger, a little bit smaller. Since it's made here south in the south of the Salt Lake Valley, you can make it how you want it. If you want the chaise lounge on the left side, if you want on the right side, if you don't want 10 feet, you only want 6, 7, 8, you name it, you can come in, tell us the dimensions. Also, we have six, six different uh, fabric patterns you can change from, choose from if you don't like the color. And my dad usually booms it at like twelve ninety nine. I've heard him do eleven ninety nine. Well, let's do the Clayton special on the Clayton. All right. If you come in and mention that you heard me taking over from my dad, holding the reins, I'll do it for ten ninety nine. Wow. Speaking of uh, mom pa shop, I wonder if pa's going to be grumpy about that. Let's <laughs> let's bring him in now. Uh, in fact, uh, Tom is he calling? Us. He's here. Classic. He's, he's live with us, and let's find out how much trouble you're in. Hello, Tom. <laughs> you know, you know. To be honest, uh, not only not mad, not angry, not disappointed, but uh, wildly happy. Let's do it. How Heck about yeah. that? Look at that. That's the reaction. You should just let looking. me take over, Dad. I think I'm doing pretty good here. It's it's the last time we can do that because there's a price increase on that, Clayton. Uh, the foam okay. and the fabric went up, so it's going to go up about 50 bucks. so we can't do okay, that Okay, that's my dad's <laughs> That's my dad saying, you're in trouble, but okay, we'll run it. You already we'll said nice. it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, you heard it. The Clayton sectional of the Clayton deal. But, again, that's only this weekend through Monday until my dad gets back. Obviously, he's on the line, but I can only do that this weekend, uh, like my dad said, and I'm going to do it at 10.99 if you mention the radio show. All right, there you go. Anything else you want to be in, not to be outdone, Tom? Uh, what do you think? Okay. You, gonna, you got another one let, for us? Let, let's go crazy. We've, <laughs> we've got uh, some scratch and dents. We've got some nightstands that might have a scratch on it. We've got some uh, a whole bunch of stuff that we've called scratch and dents. So we mark them down. How about for three days only? Whatever it's marked, take additional. Sit down, Jake. 30% right. off. Wow. That's already off the, the That's world's like 49 price. bucks, Dad. Yeah. <laughs> well, you'll have some nightstands that are $200 nightstands that we marked $79 because oh. it's got a scratch on it. And most scratches can be fixed real easily, but we, we want to move all the scratch and dents. Take an additional 30 off all of the scratch and dents in Orem and Salt Lake. 
Wow, there you go. Boom. When the Curl Boys Boom. compete, the listeners win. 1825 <laughs> South, 300 West, 86 East University Parkway in Orm. Tom, thank you, sir. You bet. Thank you, Clayton. We appreciate you. Thank you, guys. We'll have more Big Show coming up next, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. This is DJ and PK. It's time now to welcome in Jeff Grimes. He used to be the offensive coordinator at BYU. Now he's the offensive coordinator at Baylor. You hear when people leave to move on, the idea of leaving a place better than you found it. Could you address that? I love this place, and I loved it when I was here before, and I wouldn't have come back if I didn't feel that way. And so being a part of helping Kalani and everyone else involved get BYU football back to a place where everyone Everyone can be proud of it. I think no question that having been a part of that is something that is gratifying and allows me to leave and say, okay, this thing is moving in the right direction. Catch DJ and PK mornings from 6 till 10 on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Big Show, Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone, live from the warehouse, 1825 South, 300 West. Price is so low, it'll blow your mind. Uh, also, check out their Orem location, 86 East University Parkway. Uh, all right, we're going to pick some NFL games for the weekend. Um, and I understand uh, my co-host for the Jazz pre and Post, Tim Lacombe, is going to join in. Is that what we're doing uh, right here, Austin? Yeah, he's there. Yeah, I've got an itchy right. trigger finger. You start talking about picking <laughs> games, and of course we got to put something on it once we're not on the air. Uh, a couple <laughs> stickers, bars, if you will, or uh, dinner. Uh, I think incriminating audio for Tim Lacombe. Oh, yeah. Should we do, do incriminating that. audio? All right. All right. Now, are we going to do it throughout the playoffs, or are we just doing it this weekend? That's your call. It's your show. I'm just here as a guest. Gordon? We can do it that way. I, I have no problem with it. I mean, that how more, how much more painful can it be than what we've already suffered? Well, what way? We're just one week? No, 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 no. Every week. No, the whole Every playoff. Throughout. Okay. Well, let me. All right. And are me... we? The, my other question is: Are we doing it against the spread or just the winner? Nah, straight up, win or loser. Oh, yeah, yeah. We're not getting that complex. All right. I'll <laughs> put, my, we're not just put my cheat sheet away then. We're just gonna pick not, I think we should. I think we and should do it against the spread. The problem with against the spread no. is I've got a spread, and you've got a spread, and a third person's got a different spread. So what spread are we going off of? Yours, Austin's. All right. No, Austin no, will, will no, introduce no. the spread. Hey, I'll yes, go, yes, I'll go yes. with this. I'll go with this. Just, if we set the spread today, because that makes it more yeah. interesting. I mean, of course we know, well, we don't, but we think the Seahawks are going to beat the Rams, but let's throw the number in there to make it all really interesting. And I will tell you that incriminating audio, if I'm involved, is going to be worse than ever because I'm <laughs> demented. So okay, but uh, I mean, here's the and thing. I've got a lot of bones to pick with you, Munson. I meant just <laughs> just you would pay up is what I meant. You know? I'm just yeah. telling you right now that we struggled enough without having to factor in the numbers like that. But whatever, if you think it's more, I fun think we that should way. go with the spread because Gordon is notorious for always going with the favorites, and I think that this will make it a little bit more interesting. All right. All right, let's get going then. Uh, let's start okay. with the Colts and the Bills. 
The spread is currently minus six and a half Buffalo. And we'll do the same order just uh, by way of uh, organization. Jake, Gordon, Tim, myself. Jake? Okay. Bills. Age of before beauty. What, just you're taking Bills? I thought we were doing the spread. Yeah, Bill, uh, yeah, give me the Bills. Uh, to cover? Or? Yeah, yeah. Okay. yeah, give me the, the Bills minus the six and a half. Yeah. All right, I Gordon. Will, I'll agree with Jake. Tim? I am going to take the Colts plus six and a half. Ooh. Nice. I think we're going to look at a field goal game right there. Uh, I'll go with Jake and Gordon. The 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 Bills will cover. Oh, great. Six and a half. They're tag teaming me already. This is like a game of like tic-tac-toe. You better make sure all you right. see all no, of the Here's moves. the thing, though. Here's the thing, though, Tim. You're going to be dancing in the aisles when if we all get it wrong and you're the lone winner. Yes, but I'll be receiving bad texts if not but okay three to one the seahawks are a three-point favorite against gordon's los angeles rams jake i'm gonna go with seattle because the rams don't have a quarterback okay i'll go with the seahawks as well i'm taking the seahawks yeah that's a foursome there a sweep for the seahawks all right uh, gordon's tom brady buccaneers against the washington footballers uh tampa bay is a minus eight Favorite in that game, Jake. What's say that eight is always hard. Yeah, I think uh, the division the champion uh, Wasatch hey, football team have a good good chance to win this outright. <laughs> so I'm going to go. I'm going to go Washington to cover. I love okay. it. Okay, okay. So here's the deal: the football team has no chance of winning this game. My but they he just loves Tom. Loves. But him. they do have a chance of covering that. My darling. Uh, so I'll go. I'll go. I'm gonna go with the. I'm gonna go with the football team too. Oh, no, you're not. Eight points. That's a lot to cover, man. That's a lot to give up, Timmy. And so Let's I'm gonna you. go with the Buccaneers minus eight. Again, I'm, I'm on the other side of the street. I'm with you. I okay, think Buccaneers cool. win this by uh, several, yeah. several more than that. So. All right. All right, so two versus two there. All Thanks, right, Austin. are we doing the whole weekend or just uh, – why yeah. not? Yeah. Let's, yeah. Round yeah. It out. Let's do it all. All right, Baltimore, Tennessee. My Titans are a three-point dog, so it's minus three Ravens. Jake? I think the, the Titans make it happen again. They have the Ravens number. Give me Tennessee minus – or Tennessee plus three. Okay, Gordon? I uh, made the mistake of picking against the Titans last year. I will not make the mistake again. I'll go with the Titans. This is the Vinia DeBrezio pick of the week. <laughs> I'm going to let Tim Lacombe give the pick. <laughs> you know, I used to do that for money. I remember. <laughs> I've done a lot of things. Gordon, we should write a book. You've okay. done a lot of things for money. <laughs> oh, that was incriminating right there. Um, I'm going with Derek Henry and the Titans. I think this is the blowout of the week. I think they run over, through, and away from the Ravens. Yep, we're all four very smart people that will probably probably be wrong come Sunday, but we're all taking the Titans plus three. We have to listen to this again, probably, too. The segment? Yeah, well, just, I'm sure you'll cue it up if somebody was way off like That's that. That's what we do. Okay. That's what we do. All right, the Saints and the Bears, a game that I won't watch, uh, but it is a minus 10 point favorite for the Saints. Jake, who you got? Not the Bears. Give me the Saints <laughs> minus 10. Okay. Gordon? Uh, man, that's a big line there. I, it, I, I'll go with the Saints. Uh, I, they're, they're by far the better team. Tim? Even with 
in the honor of Tony Parks, who has probably taken the week off and is flying the flag very high. I cannot take the Bears plus 10. I'm like Washington. I cannot tell a lie. <laughs> I cannot take the Bears plus 10. Please give me the Saints. Well, this is not a game I'm going to gamble on, so I'll go with the Saints as well. So we're all four stuck with that same prediction. Ten points, guys. That's a lot to think about. It really is. Uh, And then finally, finishing the opening week of the playoffs, Gordon's Cleveland Browns versus the Peepers Peoples (laughs) Steelers. (laughs) Peoples Steelers. Minus six for uh, the Steelers, Jake. Who are you going with? Uh, Give me the Browns. Plus six. Okay. Gordon. I'll be surprised if the Browns can even fill all their position groups. I'm going with the Stillers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Tim? I've got a funky feeling about this team. and Which one? The Browns. I, I just, I mean, it's been a long time since Ernest Biner fumbled. What kind of feeling? A headache? Sniffles? No, no, like cough? A, a peaceful, easy feeling. Oh, okay. <laughs> and I'm going to go with the Browns plus the six. Wow. I'm with Jake. Wow. And I'll go with Gordon. I'm taking the Steelers minus six there. And good you luck tracked to the all this, correct? No, but I'll go back and re-listen to it. <laughs> There's a lot going on there. Submit your picks in here. All right. There you go. We've made our picks. Uh, Tim will be back with us next week, and we'll have incriminating audio on the line uh, throughout the uh, the playoffs. That'll be a lot of fun. All right. We're live from the warehouse, 1825 South, 300 West. Price is so low to blow your mind. Uh, don't forget about their Orem location as well. 86 East University Parkway. We'll uh, have uh, one more segment coming up next, and then we'll make way for Jazz pregame. Stay tuned, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Check this out. And now your not sports report on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. It's a big show, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Shout out to Ray coming by, saying hi at the warehouse, 1825 South, 300 West. Prices is so low to blow your mind. It's the warehouse. Uh, it's time for a quick not sports report. We'll have uh, pregame coverage coming up for you at the top of the 5 o'clock hour. Not sports brought to you by the LHM Used Cars Supermarket. Over 1,000 used vehicles in inventory. Check them out, lhmusedcars.com. Gordon, where are we going today? We're going crazy, and uh, this is a quick little story, but a woman, a 26-year-old woman, was out running uh, in the, you know, get a good jog in, and she went a different route than she normally does, and it was raining, and it was muddy, and there was mud on the street, and so she was sort of watching, paying attention to the mud because she didn't want to slip on it, and she looked just off the path a little ways into a, a sort of a muddy bog, and she saw what she thought was a human toe sticking out of the ground. Ew. So so what did she do? When she got home, she called police. The police came to her house, and uh, they went to the place where she thought she saw the toe, and the officers agreed that it looked like a human toe, so they called, they called for the dogs to come in and sniff around before they touched anything. And uh, the dogs came and sniffed around, and it turned out <laughs> it turned out that the toe was nothing more than a potato. 
A potato? A potato. A potato. Not like a mannequin foot or something. It was it was just a potato. Just a potato. And she took a picture of it, and it, and everybody was guessing, I guess, what it looked like, and it looked like a human toe. But no, it's a potato. It'd be a small potato, wouldn't it? Yeah. And speaking of toes, I understand, uh, Austin, that you had a little trouble with yours last night. <laughs> yeah, I didn't know we were going to talk about it on air. But yeah, I uh, I broke my toe last night. So that's all. Well, what what, what was it? Some sort of uh, I was about to make a Rex Ryan joke. Ninjas there, broke into the home uh, and I fended <laughs> them off uh, and just happened to break my my toe. Yeah. How do you know it's broken? It on oh, because it's my seventh toe that I've broken in my lifetime. I'm very familiar the the difference between sprains and breaks on the feet. So you just let it heal without uh, just stabilize it? You, you not doing typically, it. you tape it to the toe next to it, and a couple of weeks from now, it should be okay. I tried to tape it to the toe next to it, but I have, I have freakishly long toes, except for this one toe, and uh, it's freakishly shorter, <laughs> and so it wouldn't tape, and so I'm just dealing with it. It's, and it, it wasn't anything cool either. Like, uh, the, the dishwasher was open. And I tried to sidestep it and lost my balance and crushed my toe against the the wall. So, end of story. I think, I think that's Good. what you got to do with a broken toe, right? You just nothing, right? I mean, Tim, you know about this from seeing your players through the years. But you've seen some broken toes. Is Tim, that the, who's Tim? Is Tim Tim Lacombe? Oh, I'll go get him. Oh, that's hey, right. Tim! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we, I mean, we got it. Broken, he's here. Broken toes. Yeah. We've hey, seen them. You Austin, don't, you do. Austin, what's up? I don't know, Sorry, Gordon. Tim. I asked you a question not knowing that you had left, but uh, when a player broke a toe in your day of coaching, did you just let it heal on its own, or did you have to do something to it? I can't think we ever had a broken toe. Um, no. You know, broken toes typically happen when you stub it on something that you're not expecting to hit. <laughs> Our drummer, in fact, we're we're on not only COVID right now, uh, break, but our drummer, who runs the whole thing, obviously, uh, broke his toe hitting it on something, and he's out till February. He can't bang the bass bass drum anymore. Well, there you go. The 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 party hounds uh, on hiatus for a variety of reasons. Uh, Tim is going to jump on with us for Jazz Game Night pregame coming up next. Uh, but we are live at the warehouse, eighteen twenty-five South, three hundred West. Price is so low, of course, it'll blow your mind. The warehouse, Clayton, jumping on with us once again. What's up, Clayton? How's it going? It's going good, man. Man, this is cool. This is nice without my dad here. Yeah, right. You're you're kind of running the show. It's cool. Yeah. I know. Now I know I can do it. We don't even need Tom anymore. Go be a go be a grandpa more. <laughs> what do you think about that, Monson? Uh, look, I mean, I've known uh, people who have done all kinds of crazy things to gain power in their within their own family. Just, <laughs> just this is what you do: you buy a sailboat for your dad and just say, <laughs> "Go sail off on it." You take over the store. I don't know if it'd be a sailboat, or a sailboat, or like a snowbird home in Arizona. My dad's starting to hate the cold. I think it's something oh, with the age. Get yeah. him down there into the warm. Put him in the warm. Buy him a nice house with a swimming pool, and he probably would never come back. There you go. And make sure that he pays for it. So you pay for it with his money. Smart. We'll just do the comp. I'm a signer on the company. We'll just. I don't even know, and then boom, it's yours, Dad. Yeah. Hey, here you go. I just gotta convince, you, you, convince my mom to go along with it. You can certainly furnish it. <laughs> no problem for a very reasonable price. You know a guy. And I'll even 
I'll drive the delivery truck down and set it up. <laughs> It'd be good to go. <laughs> uh, love it, home. Uh, but you've been you've been uh, you've been uh, more than making up for your father when it comes to deals, though. Today, you know, we talked about this right before we actually went live, and I was listening to my dad the other day do this, and it's like, dude, he's pretty freaking good at it, actually. Uh, he knows what he's doing. He knows yeah, what he's, he's doing. Well, he's he, you know, in all seriousness, uh, your family's been in this business for a long, long time. He's been doing stuff like this forever. I mean, that's just he's a professional. You know, Clay, speaking of professional, let, tell me, let tell me, me just let me just say this, and it's people wonder how the prices are so good there, how you're able to make them that way, and right. it's it's more than just being a good salesperson. It's the de- it's the deals that your dad finds. By looking at the right places, and then he passes that on to the buyer, right, to the customer. So it just seems like it, no. it's much more logical that way, right? Uh, you're you're exactly right. You're exactly right, Gordon. It's it's. I've been watching my dad. I've been by his side since I remember the first time he ever – I was like four, took me to Vegas to some show, and it was like a textile show because he was doing ties back in the day. And it's like, of course, it, just like in sports, in the sports world, if an organization is run by the right owner or manager, you're going to have a good experience with the team. The same is in a, in a furniture store. You know, if if the owner is cares about it, he's actually here, and you know, you know, he doesn't just hire a whole crew and then sits back on the beach and texts everybody what to do. If he's actually here, he goes out. My dad does care, and I think that's that's a unique experience you get here at the warehouse um, rather than some competitors. Is that you know the owner. Sometimes I've seen people order stuff with my dad, and he gives them his personal cell phone number. Yeah, <laughs> like we're in we're in Florida at the Boca Raton Bowl. Someone's calling him. Hey, Tom. So my thing's coming in next week. Is that still good? And it's like, Yo, Dad, we're at a football game. Put, turn that out right now. <laughs> but that's who he is. But that's just yeah. how it is. And what Gordon says is true. You know, my dad's gonna go fight for those deals, and because he fights for them, I've seen it firsthand. We went down to Vegas in a pandemic because somebody sent us an email and we got the head up foot up the solid kings and the solid kings that we've been doing and i guess you know transitioning into that let's just recap yeah because i think we've said so many crazy things i can't even remember like let's get to the the best of the best here because you've hit some good ones let's just recap and hit it again with the solid king adjustable beds my dad normally does this deal where he has the solid king base that's adjustable the head and the foot come up with a met with a memory foam or hybrid uh, mattress made here in the United States. He usually booms it at seventeen ninety nine. I went crazy, dropped it three hundred dollars. We're going fourteen ninety nine. Awesome. Solid King with a mattress set, fourteen ninety nine. The split, uh, the split King adjustable head up foot up with a mattress. And my dad normally booms um, at twenty two ninety nine. We're going nineteen ninety nine. Wow. And listen, I only have three of them in Orem and two of them here. So you got to get on it. I got five left. All right. And while we were doing this break, I've already sold a uh, uh, solid king. Hey. So people are already jumping on it. They're That's great coming. to hear. And then the last one's the, the queen. The queen that my dad normally booms at $2,900, we are doing eight ninety nine. Plus, my dad came in and said the, the metal head up foot up, five ninety nine with a mattress. Incredible. If you if you think you can't afford an adjustable bed, you can't. You definitely can. You can get an adjustable bed at five ninety nine, which our competitors don't even sell mattresses alone for five ninety nine. Yeah. You can do it. You just gotta Boom. jump on it. 
boom. <laughs> uh, you, you, your dad still has the best boom. I, I gotta know. Say. He does. There's years of practice. Uh, 1825 South, 300 West. Thank you, Clayton. You're the best man. Thanks, guys. 86 East University Parkway. More next. Uh, <laughs> excuse me, actually. Jazz pregame next. 97.5 and 1280 of the zone. I hate goodbyes. I won't have to work until Monday. Woo-hoo! All right. Well, have a good weekend.